episode 177 of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk news, movies. Why am I saying movies? We know. talk news and movies? We talk book oh, news. You usually say book news, author news. You warned You warned people before I we did. started recording that I might be rusty. It's been three weeks since we've been at the mic, everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, we talk author news, literary news, and yeah, book news. That's right. Wow. That is right. All right. See you uh, next week. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, next week, when we will be talking about Leah and Moriarty with special guest Kendra Mickles of the Nostalgia Me This podcast. Uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about some page-to-screen adaptations, particularly page-to-small-screen yeah. adaptations, some yeah. TV things coming up. We'll get into that in a minute, though. You yeah. want to dive into our bookmarks? Yeah, let's do that first. I though. just want to apologize to you and our listeners, because I did have a very productive uh, couple of weeks off, so I'm just going to go through you think rapid I didn't? fire. I did you think I, traveling and I wouldn't being have, in other people's houses for... I wouldn't have guessed that, but you told me ahead of time that you did not uh, have a very productive yeah. uh, book time. I didn't, so, but <clears throat> I forgot there was some stuff that was watched. Oh, good. Okay, nice. So, yeah. All right, well, let's dive in. I'm going to start with uh, book books here in my handy-dandy blue Welcome journal. to All the Book Show, book books section. Yeah, I like it. So I like it's a good new books. name. Yep. All right, All right, here's my bookmark. You ready? I'm going to drink some more of this Coke. I finished Starfire by James Buckner. Now, this is a, a very light sci-fi novel from the 60s, I want to say, early 60s, adapted into the Disney movie The Moon Pilot. That's which, why you read this. Which my wife and son and I watched uh, several you, weeks back. You sent me the cover, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, why did Nick just pick this up? I was just up? curious about it, because we, we, watched, we watched the movie, and I was like, I wanted to know more, and so when we, was the movie? I read the book. The movie was also 60s. 60s, yeah. okay. This is a very faithful, the Moon Pilot was a very faithful <laughs> adaptation of the James Buckner book. It barely, uh, barely diverges at all, but the plot basically is, um, <laughs> they're doing the first, like, launch the first astronaut who's going to be up in space, and nobody really wants to do it. And one guy gets volunteered reluctantly to do it. Top secret, can't talk about it, but he does a trip home first and runs into a friendly alien who is trying to give him a secret, like a fatal flaw that they're missing. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't follow her instructions, their spaceship is not going to make it. And so that's, that's basically the plot. Then the FBI wants to find out about it. Other people are trying to find out about this space flight, so... Hilarity ensues. As I said, it was a very light sci-fi novel. Right. I read Fearless by Max Lucado, uh, which is... <laughs> as Eric yells at his dogs. I read Fearless by Max Lucado. I've read Max Lucado stuff before and have enjoyed it. This uh, kind of a, a self, self-help self sort of book uh, was awful. I mean, it was awful. It was like it was like it was written by a teenager, and I don't mean in a good way. Which one was this? I'm sorry. Fear, Fearless by Max Lucado. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was. This dead. is another book that you sent me the cover for, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it was uh, some, when I think one of the Sunday school classes at my church was reading it, and so I thought, oh, Nick I, is notoriously afraid. I've read Max <laughs> Lucado before, uh, yeah. so I thought, well, I'll just pick it up, and it was not for me. Do you think we'll ever... Regain the name Max from supervillains. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I I, I don't want to I don't want to say it definitively, but uh-huh. it's possible. I think it's Max Powers is the. Uh... No, that's not right. There's the the Batman Beyond villain, is uh, 
Hmm. It's a powers. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's Max. I'm not Derek sure Powers. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we worked it out. Yeah, I guess we did. Uh, I finished What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty, yeah. which is the first in our Endless Winter book club, everyone. Nick forgot to like the book. I'm going to do a quick uh, <laughs> quick plug here. Uh, Nikki Gordon, who's a circulation supervisor uh, at the David A. Howe Public Library, is going to be leading a book club, the Endless Winter Book Club. Uh, featuring Leanne Moriarty books. So up first on January 10th, we're going to be discussing What Alice Forgot. February 14th, we're going to be talking The Husband's Secret. Mm. March 14th, we're going to be talking Truly Madly Guilty. <laughs> and 4-11-19, April 11th, we're going to be talking Big Little Lies, which um, we've done in another book club. This is with a new group, so we'll see what people yeah. think. And it's post the show? Post the show, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so and I read... yeah. Post Nicole Kidman's later turn as Aquaman's mother. As Aquaman's mother. So that which, might, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, that might color your. Anyway, experience. what Alice forgot is about a woman who uh, falls off an exercise bike and forgets ten years of her life, and what? you kind of yeah, and you kind of follow her as she's putting yeah. the pieces together, and her life as a thirty-eight-year-old woman is uh-huh. not in the place that she was hoping it would be when she was a twenty-eight-year-old woman. So it's hmm. all about kind of Same. Exp- <laughs> exploring relationships and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I did enjoy reading it. I, I enjoyed it with some reservations. So I'm looking forward to discussing this at the book club. I'd like to hear what other people think. Okay. Uh, Eric's wife is a huge fan of these books, and she took issue with my rating, which we yes. will discuss uh, in, in episode 178 when Kendra joins us. But she wasn't a fan of the uh, newest one. No, she, right here, uh, uh, whatever it's called. What is it called? Nine Perfect Strangers. Nine Perfect Strangers, yeah. She didn't love they that one so much. Strangers, and I think honestly, I think she and I agree on what Alice forgot. I think she okay. just gave a generous four, and mm. I gave a more strict three. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I picked up the Cuban Affair by Nelson DeMille. So Nelson nah, nah, DeMille, nah, 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 nah. Uh, you know, has been a big name for decades. Uh, he's he's just one of kind of a go to. His publishing has kind of slowed down in recent years. This this one came out just Do last all year. His, um, all his books have the same cover style. No, I don't think so, actually. Okay, I guess I this the Cuban Affair cover looks very familiar. Okay. Well, I, honestly, <laughs> the cover is why I picked it up. I picked this up at the Giant in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just there in the rack, and I was like, boy, that looks interesting. And I, it was a long line, so I read the first little section good of it. Good chicken finger sandwich deal. I didn't get it's that. It's always real good. Okay. A couple of potato fries, potato salad. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Okay. Hard to beat that price. Yeah, well, back to the Cuban affair. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'd never read Nelson DeMille before, uh-huh. and I did really enjoy like the writing style. I liked his... his... What's his big thing? Plum, Plum Island is, is a pretty big one. Hmm. Uh, he's just one of those ones, okay. you, know, you know, over the last couple of decades, but I would say over the last ten years, you know, ones we've right. been seeing a lot in, in the library, in and out. Yeah. This is about a woman who uh, is of Cuban heritage, and her grandfather stored away a lot of like Cuban property deeds and money. Uh, he was a banker and, and stored a lot of really important documents at a secret location in Cuba. And she's trying to put together a crew to basically go back and recover this and help like Cuban expats reclaim what's theirs. Look, if this it's goes very... fast and the furious, I'm kind of in. <laughs> it's a very interesting premise, and the whole... just. A, you know, talking about the Cuban thaw and all that, there's a mm-hmm. lot that's really interesting in this book. Where it falls is just the blatant sexism. It uh, really ruins yeah. the book for me. Class it's because, it. yeah, it's because this woman, she's the she's the driving force. She's mm-hmm. the one who has the connection. She's the one who knows the map. She's the one who's putting the team together. Mm-hmm. She hires Mac. This basically, he's a, he's a he's a you know ex military guy, mm-hmm. but he basically just does just charter boat rides out of like Key West. You mm-hmm. know. 
But it's instantly like they're a couple, and she's like, "Oh, Mac, what are we gonna do?" And he's like, "I'll help you." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you're you you're a charter boat fisherman, right. you know? You know you get you know nothing about this." Yeah. You know and who relates so, to uh, her her dilemma here? Who? Mira. Yeah. From Aquaman. Yeah. So she just becomes she just becomes a very typical like girlfriend damsel kind of character, right. and it just it just doesn't work. It mm. just drops right out. And then there's a love triangle. And so you have this, you have good writing. You have a really fascinating story. You have a really fascinating hook to the story. Mm-hmm. Just the dated sexism of the characters okay. makes it, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't say that it's worth reading, right. honestly. I'm going to forgive you for not saying that. it's a Bermuda love triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm going to forgive the world for not having that as a book. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Bermuda love triangle. I'm sure All it's right. there. I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> Uh, as a little aside, my brother was in town, and we got to talking about books, not, and we got to talking about... Not past guest Steve. No, my brother Josh, who's the closest in age to me. I was five when Josh was born, so okay. a little closer. And we got to talking about books, we got to talking about the Ninja Turtles, and we decided that we were going to read <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yeah. novelization by Eric and David. As you know, I love both the Ninja Turtles and novelizations. So we read it. But what you don't We both love. enjoyed it. Is that the Ninja Turtle, the new movies that yeah. this this book is based on? I know, I know, <laughs> but I just thought it would be fun, and it was. So yeah. I enjoyed the book. And now, and Josh now you did feel as well. like maybe you're going to give them another go. Ask, listen, I put it right out to the listeners right now. I said, if you're willing to watch through the Ninja Turtle movies, I'll watch it. I don't believe you. I will. I believe we'll Absolutely. watch. I believe no. we'll finish TMNT, and then it's time to I watch do the it. new Turtles. And I, like, no, I will. Thank you. I will put my phone in a foam bowl. <laughs> I will watch this Ninja Turtles movie. But there's we two gotta, of them. We, I will. We got to watch the original three <laughs> and, and TMNT. And TMNT. Yeah. So if you're willing to, yeah. I saw TMNT on Mike, in uh, theaters. You know, then we'll do it. All right. Uh, so I read that. my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and here I read a book that I've been razzing for a couple of weeks. I read the next person you meet in heaven by Mitch Album. Yeah. What happened? Well, I don't even think I saw this on Goodreads. I put it on Goodreads. Yeah, I, th- I, I must have just missed it. Okay. Um, well, I, I was a big Mitch album fan. You know, I love Tuesdays with Maury. I like the five people you meet in heaven. Mm-hmm. There's one other one that I don't remember, so I probably didn't like that one. Yeah, what I forgot. But anyway, why I <laughs> why I did this because I was looking for a good audiobook, uh-huh. and I went on Overdrive and put in just the new, like with newly added, All and right. it was there and it was available and it was four hours, and I was like, you know what, Mitch, I'm gonna do it for old time's sake. Mitch album. And I gotta say, as far as unnecessary and unwanted sequels go, uh-huh. I had a good time. All right, you know, I had a good time. It picked up. It picked up some threads and some characters from the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was different enough that it didn't just feel like a total retread. It mm. is definitely a retread, but so more Force Awakens than Crystal Skull. Yes, uh, but it it worked, you know. So yeah. I, I think it's solid. I think right. it's it's not going to take you a long time to read it. If you're a fan of his other books, read it. I would say definitely read the Five People You Meet in Heaven first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's a good time. It's a quick time. Okay. It's a good All time, right. it's a quick time. Moving into some graphic novels, and I told you up front, there's a lot of these. Remember so. quick time? Yeah. Never really worked. No, it didn't. It didn't. It was yeah. kind of like, oh, I have to use quick time for this? Yeah. Like, please show me my movie trailer, and you're like, how about tomorrow? I read some Batman and Robin. I'm moving into my graphic novel section, yeah. so everybody keep up. <laughs> some Batman and Robin. Hunt for Robin and Robin Rises. This was a pretty good, this was a pretty good one-two punch. I gotta say, I enjoyed both of these very much. I read the f- Hunt, six? Hunt for Robin. Hunt for Robin. Yeah. And I read that... Man, oh, you know what? I read that as like an advanced reader yeah, copy. Yeah. And I really liked it. Yeah. And that's why I ended up wanting to read that Two Face thing. I'm yeah. Like, Maybe the series got good. Yeah. And apparently it didn't really get good until. I th- yeah, the I think Robin. so. But, and you have Robin Rises yeah, right you now. You're going to read it. Okay. 
the next two, this is a touchy topic, everyone, because the next two I'm about to tell you about were gifts from a very good friend of mine who, who had my best interest at heart. Yeah. Uh, gifts from Eric Mickles. Yeah. And they are Warren Ellis' James Bond graphic novels. Yeah. Now, I love James Bond. Mm-hmm. I love graphic novels. Mm-hmm. I've heard very good things about these. Yeah. Hated them. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And I think that you need to read them. I'm gonna. Because you'll see. I'm gonna love them. I, I, I'm gonna be like, this was a gift listen, to myself. <laughs> listen, I honestly don't think that you will. Mm. I, I think, I know that we don't always agree on this kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I think here you're gonna pick these up and you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. Because Maybe, yeah. I like the novels. You know, I like the Ian Fleming novels. They are right. darker, and James Bond is not like the suave Roger Moore kind of character in the novels and I get that totally right. but this is like first the graphic violence is just mm-hmm. off the charts <laughs> which is not in the books it's not in the movies right. it's just not part of the James Bond canon right. um, well it's in the Tim Dalton films I guess I guess but it's even it goes takes <laughs> that uh, even an extra more than License to Kill absolutely Jeez. absolutely I don't think I've ever read uh, any graphic novel with this level of violence before you think Tim Dalton would be reading this and be like good god yeah he'd be like oh my word <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, there's you don't have you don't have the classic. You don't really have like the Bond cars, the Bond mm-hmm. gadgets, the Bond girls, which I guess maybe wouldn't play as well now anyway. But yeah. I don't know. It's mirthless, I would say, okay. and merciless in its violence. So I'm I'm glad to have read them. Volume three is um, Andy Diggle, who I enjoy. I still do would, you? Yeah, I still would like to read oh. volume three. All right. Um, well, you can get that crap for yourself. But nah, I, I get it. But listen, I That's want fine. you. I want you to read these, and I want to hear what you think. Somebody once gifted me Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies at yeah. like the height of my zombie fandom. Yeah, and they had all the best intentions. Yeah. And honestly, I ended up enjoying like the Pride and Prejudice well, parts more. Yeah, and so like when I gave it a like a two star review, I was like, I appreciate the gift, yeah. but yeah, this is well. Rough. That's what I say. I stand by it. The gift makes perfect sense. Yeah. It was things that I wanted that I didn't know that I wanted. Yeah. So. He also got Injustice 2 with the Ninja Turtles included. That was great. So. That was a good gift. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I read Wonder Woman Earth 2 Volume 2. Yeah. So if you look back on our Wonder Woman episode, which features my wife as a special guest, mm-hmm. um, I talked very much about my love for Wonder Woman Earth 2 Volume 1 by Grant Morrison. Right. One of my, maybe my favorite Wonder Woman story out there. I, I really loved I it. I think he said that. Volume 2 um, works... But it is very much a part two of three. Okay. You know, like volume one you read as a standalone. Oh, is there going to be a third one? Yes. Oh. You don't need any more. Volume, Earth, Earth 2, volume one of Wonder Woman, you can read by itself. You never have to pick up number two. Number two is just to be continued, period. Right. So it's really hard to just read this and rate it. And I also didn't go into it knowing there was a part three. Mm. So I think if okay. you know that you're not going to get a resolution and that this is just a waiting game, right. maybe you'll enjoy it. Uh, because I did like it. Mm-hmm. I read Batgirl Volume 3 Minefields, which is kind of the ends of the Batgirl of Burnside little miniseries, which did, they didn't intend to be a miniseries. But right, because then they did Rebirth. Rebirth, yeah. Um, yeah, we have these, these mm-hmm. like Burnside ones. I do, and I read the, uh, the Rebirth titles at yeah. the library as well. So I'm looking forward to starting Rebirth again, but this series... The style is very cool. The mm-hmm. look is very cool. They mm-hmm. always feel a little jumbled. They always mm-hmm. feel a little wordy. Different writer for Rebirth. It's Hope yeah. Larson. Okay. All right. I think that these... 
I just think they didn't give you enough soon enough, and then they got... It's an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man situation here, because mm. you just... They, <laughs> it kept kind of teasing, this is where we're going, and right. we never got there, and yeah. now the series is over. So, I like the look of it. I think it was a cool use of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Spoiler as a character, and she was in there and had some stuff to do. So, they were setting up a cool Stephanie? little... Yeah. <gasps> they were setting up kind of a cool, like, girl group, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and then it didn't happen. So. Sorry, man. Anyway... Oh. I read Pastimes at Superhero T- High by Shea Fontana, and I'm a fan of this series. Um, I'm a fan of Shea Fontana. I this met is her the at the Superhero Girls High School. Yeah, one. Yeah. I met her at the ALA conference a few right. years back, and she had some cool stuff to say about this series. So I've been a fan. This one is a swing and a miss. These are written <laughs> for a young audience, but this this was more like written for an eight year old, mm-hmm. and I was not a fan. All right, um, not good. Nightwing Volume 5, Raptor's Revenge, and then I'm done with my graphic novel. This is the last <gasps> Raptor's one. Raptor's Revenge is the name of uh, the second Jurassic Park storyline. You're right. Story line. You're right. <laughs> um, in the comics in the 90s. I'm not a fan of Sim- Tim Seeley's take on uh, Dick Grayson, and he's been on it for a long time. Sorry, this is a wind-down, and it actually is a pretty solid wind-down. Um, so I enjoyed it. I'm happy that the Seeley run is over. I'm looking forward to 19 volumes, Nightwing Volume 6. Uh-huh. Uh, because it's a new creative team, and I've heard some good stuff. Nice. So all that's right. it for me. That's it? Yeah. That's all you have? I tried to go as quick as I can. What are you reading right now? Oh, what am I reading right now? <laughs> yes, well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'm continuing to read Mornings on Horseback. That's the uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt book by David McCullough. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that very much. Okay. Uh, we're talking about his son's asthma, and we took like a Les Mis-esque uh, divergence to talk about just asthma for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Hopefully we'll get that back on track. And then I'm reading Darksaber by Kevin J. Anderson uh, with, with my uh, book club of the future. Uh, not a library book club, just a friend's book club. And uh, this is this is part of a loose trilogy, the, mm. the um, oh, I'm blanking on it, the Callista trilogy. Wasn't a fan <laughs> of the Barbara Hambly first book. I love Kevin J. Anderson's Star Wars stuff. I love the Jedi Academy trilogy. This picks up some threads from the Hambly book as well as from Jedi Academy. I'm about 100 pages in, and I'm loving it so far. And that's a wrap on me. Okay. What about you? What have you been reading? Good thing I got less than you. I'll yeah. tell you what. I know. I, I said early on. All I right. offered to abridge it, but you said, no, no, Nick. Yeah. I so. finished... One thing I did finish, and just recently as well, is Nicola Berry. Or is it Nicola Berry? Nicola, Nicola Berry. Nicola. Nicola. Nicola Berry and the Petrifying Problem with Princess Petron... Patrolling. Oh, I like the sound of it. By Leanne Moriarty. Aha! This is a kids' book that reads very much like I remember certain kids' books reading as a kid. Like like a like an eight to ten kind of age range, or it it almost reads like a mixture of Roald Dahl and another series I read as a kid called Space Brat. Okay. Um, S- space Brats with a Z. No, just okay. space just Space Brat. Singular Space Brat. Yeah. Okay. So this. There's sometimes I read a kid's book and I'm like, that was really good. That really uh, got to me. This yeah. one, I'm like, this is for children. This <laughs> okay. is not for me. There's nothing. I mean, I at one point, he's like, would you like a lollipop? She's like, what do you mean? He's like, I always find lollipops help de-stress a situation. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. We're in for a long haul here. Uh, Nicol- Nicola has to go uh, convince the princess not to blow up Earth. Okay. Not to turn Earth into a garbage okay. can. Um yeah, it's for kids. It's good. We're getting it for the library, but this is not one of the ones where it did something for me okay. as well. All right. Uh, but, but you we'll think like the 8 to 12 year old range would pick yeah. it up and find something? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, maybe more 8 to 10 even. But okay. I, I have to see the. I read it on my Kindle, so I wonder like 
how big it is. Like, because mm. it, it was not, it's not a short read, okay. I would think. Um, yeah, anyway. it seemed like 250 pages or something. Yeah. That's got a lot. So, okay. uh, finished that. So we'll dig into that a little bit more next week. Yeah. I finished the Nova series by Dan Abnett. Mm-hmm. I started this. There were six volumes, so it lasted for a while. This is the one that launched... Was he on Spider-Man for a while? I feel like I read him on Spider-Man. You might be thinking Dan Slott. No, I know Dan Slott. He well, probably did, yeah. Uh, he was around... A, he probably wrote a lot of the new, uh, like, brand new day stuff at the beginning. Okay. Uh, he wrote Guardians of the Galaxy as we know it from the movies. Okay. Uh, he created that class, that lineup. But anyway, Nova, this was from 2007, so this got a lot of, like, talk back then. I remember, then, I just, yeah. I ignored it. Um, and now I've read it all, and it's it's good. It's just it's it's very wordy. It's not very funny. So uh, you have to uh, the entertainment comes from like the big ideas. But when you're reading it, it is kind of hard not to just see this as like Green Lantern light. Okay. So uh, I think if you're desperate for something that feels like Jeff Johns Green Lantern run, you might like Nova. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm looking forward to the Grant Morrison Green Lantern yeah. run that's coming yeah. out. And he's had a lot of success with Grant Morrison writing. You're right. <laughs> and uh, he's, they're talking about a Green Lantern movie with, with Grant Morrison like doing the story. Oh, boy. Which is kind of interesting. I don't know if Grant Morrison needs I don't, a yeah, film I, budget. I don't know either, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I, will, I will watch it. I'll tell you that. I, I, I read... Um, this is by Chris Yost. I read... Um, the, I read Scarlet Spider, Life After oh, Death. Okay. This, I can't tell you when this series was, but it was back, uh, it crossovers with Venom and Minimum okay. Carnage, so mm-hmm. I started reading it. This is Spider-Man's, I guess he's considered his evil clone okay. from the clone saga, Kane. Okay. Kane is, uh, but in this he's more of just a uh, bad guy. So I think this came, because of Spider Island, he showed back up on okay. the scene. But the book's fun. Oh, okay. I'm liking it. Wow. I did uh, not expect you to say that. Yeah, I was surprised. This is like my really most experience with the character Kane. Okay. But he's in Houston. He's not really Spider-Man. He's planning to just leave the country and go to Mexico anyway. But uh, things get out of hand, and now right. he's staying. But it's funny, because he was swinging at one point, and then he's like, wait, where'd the buildings go? And he crash-landed and realized he's ran out of skyscraper, because he's in Houston. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's fun. Uh, I started, uh, I'm, cl- I'm close to finishing Legion, uh, The Many Lives of Stephen Leeds. Okay. Uh, and I also started Lady... Sanderson, right? Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. Okay. And I, uh, also started The Lady of the Lake by Andrzej Sapowski, uh, the fifth book of the Witcher series. Oh, okay. So, uh, this will be the last Witcher book I read before I can play the games. Yeah. So, or watch the show. Watch That's the show, yeah. More Save on that. it. Save it. Also, I'm starting uh, X-Men Gambit, the Complete Collection, Volume mm. 1, because I don't know if it was my email request or I think my, it was. my Twitter I think it was. My Twitter comments. It could be that Volume 2 just released yeah. uh, in trade paperback form. Who knows? It's yeah. me or publisher. It doesn't matter. Could be. But all of the 1999 Gambit series is now on Marvel Unlimited. Thank goodness. I've been wanting to read this forever. Yeah. They use a lot of these images in the old uh, Ultimate X-Men like encyclopedia. I'm like, oh, i got to read this. Nice. So I could, I could just never find single issues as a kid. Yeah. And... Uh, they it's never... in the trade. This you got my wife for this. For, yeah, they put yeah. the first one, which was like the first thirteen issues, okay. uh, which they had on unlimited, but they uh, haven't uh, put uh, the second volume worth, and now they have. So I'm I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. Mm. Welcome to my homecoming. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, that became a uh, uh, a song. Okay. Coming home. All right. Uh, I also watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I don't know what that is. 
It's a movie that's on Netflix. Uh, it's a Coen Brothers Western. Oh. Um, it's very well filmed. Very well filmed? I don't know. It sure. looks great, is okay. what I meant to yeah. say. Uh, well filmed. It's it's an anthology of Western tales. Uh, six, I think. It's oh. very good. I think they played it in theaters a little bit because they want it to be nominated for Oscars. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it is. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's really funny. James Franco's a guy who ends up robbing a bank uh, and ends up getting sentenced to be hung, but then it doesn't work out, so, like, <laughs> he's, he, he has to deal with, like, multiple hanging mm. attempts. Um, uh, the first one is funny. It, it, the, first, the first story is so, like, offbeat and humorous, and there's singing and ghosts and mm-hmm. stuff that you think the whole, like, is this going to be the whole movie? And it's not. Mm. But the, uh, it's, it's the most outright comedy. And then some of the other stories get real... Real sad mm. and depressing. Wow. So, but me. But it all works. Like it all ties together. Right? Yeah. Me, uh, my wife, and her uh, brother watched it one night, um, and it was really, yeah, it was really good. In uh, usually, I'm not a fan of anthology, but this one, this one really worked. Cool. So, uh, there's that, and then you I want to talk big budget things we watched, or you want to wait? Oh, I also finished season two of Gotham. Ah. I'm on season three now. Okay. Uh, Gotham season five has just started, and it's yeah. covering zero years yeah. slash no man's land. Right. So that's what got me to get back to watching Gotham yeah. after only watching the first four episodes yeah. ever four years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if they're gonna do no man's land in zero year, I'm in. Uh, and now I'm like weirdly in to Gotham. Cool. Uh, by the end of season two, I get you some of the novels. I no, thank you. No, no, it's, <laughs> I'd be my pleasure. By the end of season two, I was just like, yeah, this is bad in a lot of ways but here i am they they do things i don't agree with a lot of times they do things with characters i don't like and at the same time i don't know when's the last time we had a live action riddler or penguin yeah and you know what it is though it's a prequel it's like it's a superhero show without batman right bruce wayne is a major character so that still kind of counts i love that bruce wayne kid but a lot of the villains they're not like the super villains they become but they're still very much so, like, Penguin is still the Penguin. Right. Riddler is still, like, he's becoming the Riddler, but he's still doing his stuff. So, like, characters show up, and they're, st- they're still what we understand their mm-hmm. characters to be. So it's not like, oh, when are they going to become this? Right. When is this going to happen? So, I don't know. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Not for you and my wife, because you both quit. I I didn't yeah. quit because I, like, hated it. We yeah. just kind of got out of the habit of it. I watched yeah. the whole first season yeah. and the first couple episodes of season two. Yeah. Well, you should I Sister Act it. too this show get back in the habit get back in the habit <laughs> all right uh, all right you know what i think can we get a high yeah. five on that one thank you I think. <laughs> yeah uh all right the the big budget thing that we you and i both watched let's do it was aquaman aquaman Not together separately you swift saw it me. and powerful monarch of the ocean i've now seen it twice good job yeah. and i gotta say um i liked it both times mm-hmm. i liked it way more the second time hmm. because i feel like more than any other dc movie I feel like all the DC movies have been a reaction to Marvel in some way. Right. And I think that Aquaman is not. I think Aquaman is just like, it's total own thing. Mm-hmm. And the first time I watched it, I was just kind of like, I don't even, I don't even have a place for this. It's like, now we're doing yeah. an Indiana Jones thing. Now we're, it's just, you know. Yeah, it's, Aquaman doesn't feel like any of the DC films. No. But it also doesn't feel like any of the Marvel exactly. films. I was trying to think, it feels like, Maybe, like, a DC film. It feels like the movie they would make back when, like, Ang Lee was making movies mm. like The Hulk. Yeah. Or, like, back when it was more like, what's this director's take going to be yeah. on? Rather not, uh, rather than the MCU yeah, movie like this, machine. Yeah, like, this is the established, the, the Zack this is Snyder the format, verse. yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, yes, it's it's big. It's it's I would say it's dumb in places, but it's yeah. it's not it's not stupid. It's just sometimes it's just like you know what would be big, dumb, and fun yeah. having these two characters kiss as we pan around yeah. a bunch of explosions yeah. at the same time, and you're like, well, this is fun. Yeah. So it you know some of it doesn't make ne- a yeah. lot of sense, but it's, it's still it's like you go to an ice cream shop and you're like, I just like a banana split, and you're yeah. expecting you know chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, yeah. bananas, and they're they come and they you got they got blue moon in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got panda paws. Yeah. They've got raspberry syrup. Yeah. It's just. It's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Meanwhile, somebody's like jamming on the guitar so next to you. much more. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it could be this banana split, or it mm-hmm. could be this giant tower of multicolored yeah. ice cream. This also had a sweet soundtrack. It did. So, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, my wife and her brother, because uh, I saw it with them, uh, they liked it fine. Mm. So I don't know who this is for. I thought my wife would have really liked it. Yeah, but my, I, my wife was all in. I, she loved it. I Yeah, I was watching. I was like, I love this. Yeah. And it was very quick that I loved it. To me... Um, I don't, maybe it's because I was watching people play Mega Man X Mm. on, uh, Twitch before I saw this movie, but when they visit Atlantis for the first time, the soundtrack is very video game-ish, and the, the special effects, it felt like I was watching a Super Nintendo game, or like a Sega Genesis game, like back when all that, all the pixels were just as much color as they could fit, just like on screen. It made me... Uh, and and don't don't take this the wrong way because oh. I hate the Phantom Menace. But w- some of the visuals, I thought like pre-sunken this... Atlantis looks like Naboo. Yeah, yeah. like if it, it's like <laughs> if if yeah, it yeah. has some of the same aesthetics of that visual style, and it just does mm. it like better yeah. and more right. Yeah, but it reminded me of that kind of yeah. scope. And they were like, "Look how great Atlantis was before it sank." I'm like, "Oh, so it was." Just, I kept expecting somebody to be like, "Peace." Yeah, yeah, right. So yep. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Do you want Do you want me to tell the nice people that I saw Holmes and Watson, or should we just not, oh, even, I forget. not even talk about I, that? Nick saw Holmes and Watson. I did, and uh, you know, I he did, hates himself. While I didn't, no, you know what, my friend, my friend Chris and I, an old library buddy of mine, mm-hmm. um, it, when they first announced, we were like, oh, we got to go see that. And then it came out, and everybody was like, "This is the worst thing ever." And we were mm-hmm. kind of like, "No, we made an arrangement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna go see it." So I will say that I laughed. Uh-huh. There's a couple of moments in there that I laughed pretty hard at, uh-huh. but it is a very bad movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I liked the musical sequence, though. I, I thought it was fun. I, I remember one review headline right, wrote that this was a career low for both uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah, you could probably say that. I, I mean, I love Will Ferrell. He's one of my favorite uh, comedians in movies and stuff. I, I guess like... I don't get, like, walking out and saying this is, like, the worst movie ever made. Mm. You know what I mean? I thought there was enough there, you know. It had a perfect zero until somebody gave it, like, one tomato. and was mm. like, yeah, I had a, it was okay. That's the thing. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know that I would say never, ever watch this movie. You know, <laughs> I think I think it was it was bad, but I it wasn't, like, insulting to me. Right. So okay. I watched that. Um, I watched on Christmas Eve. I took my son to see Mary Poppins Returns. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know where you fall in the Mary Poppins spectrum. Are you are you a Mary Poppins fan? Uh, I like the first movie. Fine. Okay. It's not. One I've of always. My I mean, ever, Dick I Van Dyke is like my hero. So mm-hmm. um, I've always loved that movie. I've always loved the soundtrack. I've always loved the music. I've not read the P.L. Travers books actually, mm-hmm. but I was a huge fan of that. Um, I wasn't sure if my son was going to like it or not. It was kind of a situation where. Uh, it was the only thing playing, and I was like, no, let's go see a movie. Mm. But he was the most 
like focused and invested in a movie <laughs> more than any other movie we've ever gone yeah. to. He he loved this movie. I will say that it it never strays from the formula mm-hmm. of the original Mary Poppins um, in a way that works most of the time and other times does not. Okay. I would if I had to. I think Lin Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt. I mm-hmm. think were poor choices. Mm. I think that Emily Blunt has some of the. I think she's right in some places. She's not a strong enough singer. Mm. Uh, she doesn't quite get it right, um, especially because they want it to be a sequel to mm-hmm. the original movie. It's it's very clear that this right. is not just like here's Mary Poppins, enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. This is Mary Poppins too, mm-hmm. and I think that is a huge mistake. Yeah. A huge mistake. Well, if it's anything like Batman Returns, yeah. I assume it gets very dark and sexual. Yes, it does. Definitely. So. No, not really. Oh, okay. Lin Manuel Miranda, I think it just falls flat constantly. Mm-hmm. I think having him do a stupid Cockney accent that's mm-hmm. like. Almost as bad as the Dick Van Dyke one without the charm, I think is a mistake. <laughs> it never plays to his strengths. Mm-hmm. I'm probably seeing it this weekend with. Uh, I didn't hate it. Wife, I know it so. sounds like I hated it, but yeah. it just you watch it and you think these are very obvious flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, I enjoyed it. The music has grown on me because my son mm-hmm. always wants to hear it, so mm-hmm. it has grown on me. I like okay. it a little bit more. Worth the price of admission to see Dick Van Dyke and Angela Lansbury like doing what they do. Okay, they're both great in it. Isn't Angela Lansbury like a hundred and two? They're both very old. Yeah. yeah. They're both about they're both like high 90s. But Angela Lansbury is a balloon lady, which is a character from the books, not in the first movie. Mm-hmm. She has a great song. Her song is basically the let's go fly a kite of mm-hmm. this movie. I heard uh, I don't know if this will ruin or color your experience yeah. that they wanted Julie Andrews for the, back for the for balloon the, lady. Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, "This is what Julie Andrews would be yeah, doing." Yeah, she said no, thank you. And um, I think she But made she the, came back for Princess uh, Princess Bride too. Princess Diaries too. Princess Diaries too. I think she yeah. made the right choice because uh, yeah, this yeah. is like an iconic yeah. Julie Andrews thing. I think having mm-hmm. her in it probably would have been weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a good call. I wish that it would have been that Angela Lansbury was playing her character from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been super cool if they would have just been like, "All right, Mrs. Price, see you later." Right. I would have been like, "What?" <laughs> you know, but that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Okay. My son loved it. Do you it. have a fan fiction you're writing where uh, Julie Andrews is Mary Poppins and Angela Lansbury is from Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Let me quickly are write sisters. This down. <laughs> uh, I love it. And then they have to team up. Have you seen Bumblebee? No, so just, yet. I have seen Bumblebee. Seen All right, Bumblebee. Bumblebee, soft reboot of the Transformers franchise, yeah. which I left a long time ago. The problem for me with Bumblebee is that everyone I know is just so unforgiving mm. that they, no one, my wife, her brother, uh, that's it with the people I was around I don't know days. what it is, No one but, wanted to see it. I mean, I like Kaylee Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. I like the 80s setting. Mm-hmm. The, tra- the trailers for Bumblebee just worked for me, yeah. and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot after yeah. having not seen the Marky Mark ones. And I love Marky Mark, so I can't believe that. There's, oh, there's two Mark. I've, saw, I've seen uh, the fourth one, okay. which was the first Marky Mark yeah. one, but I never saw the fifth one because it was like, all the reviews said, no, barely any Transformers, mm. not a lot of action. I'm like, well, why is it still four hours? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so. so I would say about Bumblebee that it is harmless. Mm. It has some cool scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, John Cena's in it, and it's like every single mm-hmm. scene that he's in, they were like, all right, now this is what your character is going to yeah. be. You're going to be the villain. You're going to be the funny one. You're going to be the smart It's every Cena he's in. Ah. So I'm on it today. So not his fault, I would say, but right, yeah. it's just, it still feels a little slow. It still lags a little bit. Uh-huh. 
But the Transformer action is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not, I think those movies became just like a big, you take a big box of bike chains and just like shake them. Yeah. And that's what those movies were. Yeah. This wasn't that. So I think mm -hmm. Bumblebee is worth watching. It's not great. I saw the first, first Transformers movie twice. Yeah. In theaters. The first one is, yeah. is, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I would say it's watchable. I got off the plane from Japan uh, and saw the third one. And so maybe it was the jet lag. And I was like, I'm enjoying myself here. Yeah. I don't know. But yes, you're right. Once Marky Mark got on board, it fell apart. So I was hoping this was going to like be... Yeah, be the one that was like, oh, Transformers. It might, it might work for you more than it did for me. Okay. I definitely think you should see it. All right, and I think you should see it, our listeners and viewers. Yeah. This uh, is the most active my dogs. I like have it. Ever been? Yeah, Eric's just... dogs are running around everyone, and it's a nice ambiance. Listen, um, I think we're we're running hot, so why don't we jump right into the New York Times bestseller list? I think that's it. No, oh my word, New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, that was my golden retriever that just fell over. Pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, Excitable. sure was. Uh, so that's it. That's that's. You, you didn't know like uh, four movies, right? For you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. All I saw was Aquaman. Yeah, I know. I'm so. I'm killing it. Hey, I will say. I, I also saw Smallfoot, so that's five movies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you want to quickly say something about Smallfoot? Sure. I didn't know it was a musical. And I, <laughs> I, enjo I enjoyed the music. Yeah. Uh, the movie was very much just fine. Right. I'm not a big James Corden fan, so mm -hmm. I was kind of like, whatever with him, but um, yeah, the movie was fine. Speaking of musicals, yeah. there was a scene in Aquaman. Yeah. It's uh, when they're back, when they're in that like villa. The villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And my wife swore they were going to start breaking out in song. Yeah, it was very Mamma Mia. And in that to segment. me, it felt very much like this is uh, this is the Aquaman live action Aquaman movie Disney would make. Yeah, yeah. And maybe like post Pirates yep. of the yep. Caribbean. Yep. Um, yeah. So, all right. Uh, New York Times. No, Advance Notices. All right. Coming out for Advance Notices, we have. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple different options here, and they both look pretty interesting to me. Right. Early Riser by Jasper Ford. Now, this is coming out in large print. I haven't read Jasper Ford's stuff. His uh, Tuesday Next series my wife was a fan of. Mm -hmm. uh, here we got here. This is a standalone. Uh, every winter, the human population hibernates. During those bitterly cold four months, the nation is a snow-draped landscape of desolate loneliness and devoid of human activity. Well, not quite. Your name is Charlie Worthing, and it's your first season with the Winter Consuls, the committed but mildly unhinged group of misfits who are responsible for ensuring the hibernatory safety and safe passage of the sleeping masses. You're investigating an outbreak of viral dreams which you dismiss as nonsense, nothing more than a quirky afterfact born of the sleeping mind. When the dreams start to kill people, it's wow. unsettling. When you get the dreams, too, it's weird. Mm -hmm. When they start to come true, you begin to doubt your sanity. But teasing truth from winter is never easy. You have to avoid the villains and their penchant for murder, kidnapping, and stamp collecting. Mm -hmm. Ensure you aren't eaten by night walkers whose thirst for human flesh can only be satisfied by comfort food. Mm -hmm. And sidestep the increasingly less than mythical winter volk. But so long as you remember to wrap up warmly, you'll be fine. Oh, good. <laughs> the cover is fun. Yeah. Winterscape with a little beach inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. That sounds kind of interesting to me. Quirky it's, and interesting. It sounds insane to me. Yeah, it does. Like All right. Dream. Uh, the next we have the Wolf and the Watchman by Nicholas Nat Ochdag. Mm. Who and, watches the Wolf Watchman? And this is uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we got some. We got some good, good, uh, good blurbs here. By A.J. Finn, author of Woman in the Window. Uh, A.J. Finn says, The alien is set in 18th century Stockholm. Brawny, bloody, intricate, enthralling, and the best historical thriller I've read in 20 years. Wow. Okay. Uh, Where is this set? Oh, I don't know. Cool. Frederick Bachman, author of A Man Called Ove. Thrilling, unnerving, clever, and beautiful. Mm. 
Kirkus says, chilling. Everybody can pretty much uh, agree that it's either chilling or thrilling. Okay. Chilling and thought-provoking, <laughs> relentless, well-written, and nearly impossible to put down. Starred review from Kirkus. Named best debut novel of 2017 by the Swedish Academy of Crime Writers. Wow. So lots of lots of good uh, heavy praise yeah. on this one. So watch Coming for out. the Wolf and the Watchmen. Exactly. Go set a wolf and a watchman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> New York Times bestseller list. That was a thinker. What you got? All right. New York Times bestseller list. I'm excited. I'm ready to hear it. Mm, uh, well, it is the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be a little same as the old year. Uh, some things have returned to the list, and I think it's because people got them for his Christmas presents. Yes. So you got number 10 being The Long Road to Mercy by David Baldacci, which is a Atlee Pine book, uh, Saving Democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You have, uh, what's at number nine? Oh, there it is, right next to us even. Nine Perfect Strangers by Leanne Moriarty, which yes. we're talking about next week. Yep. Uh, so we'll, we'll get an in-depth review yes. from my wife yes. about that. Yep. Number eight, Lee Child, a Jack Reacher novel, past tense. Mm-hmm. Jack Reacher explores the New England town yeah, that's where a his dad father gift. was born. Dad gift. Yeah. Well, maybe this one. Well, maybe this one because of um, Goodreads Awards as well. Oh, Elevation be. by Stephen King oh. is back up. Well, that's another good gift, though, because it's inexpensive. It's, it's little, yeah. you know. Yeah. So number seven, uh, this is the guy who's helped dealing with small town prejudice, but he's also getting lighter. Elevation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's slowly uh, yeah. losing weight. As told by Nick, Mitch Albom's Next Person You Meet in Heaven Gift. is at number six. Gift. Uh, number five. This was off the list You know for what? A while. Can I just say, yeah. the Mitch Albom book, I might go back and read some of the ones I missed because he always oh. does some like weird, like ethereal plot that's, mm-hmm. that's intriguing to me. So when I went back and looked to see which ones I read and which ones I hadn't, mm-hmm. I might be checking in with Mitch Album again, so stay tuned. All Sorry. Right. Number five. Number five is Where the Crawdads Sing by mm. Delilah Owens. This yes. one had disappeared and been down on the list for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this a Reese book club pick or an Oprah pick? I can't remember. Reese Witherspoon. Okay. But yeah, I think the holidays brought it back up. Sure, sure, sure. So Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm-hmm. Number four, James Patterson, Target, Alex Cross. Uh, Alex Cross Returns. This is book 26 of Alex Cross books. Right. Uh, number three, uh, Every Breath by Nicholas Sparks. This has stayed in the top three for a while. We're going to need to ask your wife about this one. Because she hasn't read it. I know. Yeah. She's joined us on the Nicholas Sparks podcast. She's a huge yeah. fan. Yeah. Just not feeling it. Difficult I, choices I know why. surface when Hope spot. Anderson and True Walls meet in North Carolina seaside town. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, number two, Fire and Blood. Uh, by George R. R. Martin, the first volume of the two-part history of the Tigarians in yeah. Westeros. Thanks. Thank you. So, yeah. Two parts. Yeah. He still has two more books to write. I know. And he's got the... I've said many times, i got no horse in this race, yeah. but I finished the series. Yeah. Uh, he's also writing those wild cards. The wild cards is becoming a show... Well... He edits the wild right. cards. He, I don't think he. I think he contributes to them some stories, but yeah. Yeah. so that's a meeting. That's a two-hour oh, sure. meeting. In sure, your day. that's taking some time. That's yeah. taking some time. Uh, that and picking out what sea captain hat to wear is probably taking up a lot. <laughs> Number one, The Reckoning by John Grisham. Oh, a yeah. decorated World War II veteran shoots and kills a pastor. Yep, I've got this on my holds list. Do you? Just waiting for it to come in. What was his last one? Rooster Bar. Was that his last one? No, no, no. no. Um, Did you like his last one? I liked Camino Island. But you didn't like Rooster Bar. I think there's one more. Did I get I you Rooster remember. Bar? You did get me Rooster Bar. No, Rooster Bar was solid. It was like okay. a three star. Camino right. Island I really liked. Okay. 
Uh, all right. Well, we're 43 minutes in, so maybe... I don't know. Do you, you want, want to do it? cover yeah, TV? Let's do it. Let's do All right, it. let's cover TV. Let's cover some TV. A lot of roller coasters. I know. Morning. I so, know. So yeah, hopefully January uh, is when like new big young adult books come out, like okay. January, February. So hopefully uh, that will apply for yeah. the. Um, and we'll have to do a books of 2019. People are looking forward Absolutely. to. We always do a movie one, uh, but yeah. we're going to do TV. I think this is the first time we've talked about. It is the first time we've done TV. Now I'm, I'm going to be pulling a lot from an article from TV Guide, uh, written by Damian Holbrook. If you're wondering who Emily still subscribes to TV Guide magazine and receives it in their mailbox on a regular basis, he's on the podcast it's right so now. It's so cheap. I mean, you basically, <laughs> it's basically like, we'll give you five bucks to accept this subscription. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, it's good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad yeah, this so this is still um, going. And we've we've seen some spikes in this recently. Uh, the um, I think Hulu's been doing a lot of good stuff. I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale because no thank you, but that's gotten like nothing but praise. Eleven twenty two sixty three has been on Hulu. A lot of I think people are starting to mine books a little bit more. Not that For that's TV super shows. new. Yeah. And as you recall, they're working on a, a, a connected John Grisham universe. Oh yeah, uh, we mentioned that. Yeah, anyway. Altered Carbon's big for Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It must be that maybe the rights are cheaper. Could be. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and has some name recognition. Yeah. Um, I mean... It, it could also be, like, for the authors, it might be a good deal because you never know how long yeah. it's going to go on. But also, it seems to be what happens is, like, a movie comes out by the author. Yeah. And then TV, and then like... Um, well, Gillian Flynn. Sharp Objects. One. Yeah. That's yep. what I was going to yeah. say. That became... Though, is Leah Moriarty, has she been a movie? No. Big Little Lies. Uh, hus- Husband's Secret is being turned into a movie. Okay. Yep. But cool. Big Little Lies started. Yep. As right. a series. All right. So first, I just want to quickly eulogize a uh, uh, sc- uh, page-to-screen adaptation uh, that I just finished this morning, mm-hmm. and that is The Odd Couple with Matthew Perry and Thomas uh, Lennon. Four seasons? Uh, three seasons. Oh. Three seasons ended in 2017, right. I believe. Um I liked it. Yeah. It was just like it was kind of a a, a harmless like CBS kind of sitcom, mm-hmm. but they had great chemistry, mm-hmm. and there was a kind of thing where they always like kind of rose above the level mm-hmm. of material, and it was just so fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three seasons, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I know the first season's on DVD. The rest, I think, maybe you can only get on the CBS app, which I have. My wife wants to watch it. it she should. I think she would she enjoy it. She watched Joey after finishing her last run of Friends, yeah. and she ended up realizing she could have watched a yeah. bunch more seasons this, of Joey. This was like a passion project for Matthew Perry. He'd been uh-huh. wanting to get this going for a long time, right. and finally did three seasons is respectable yeah you know um so anyway i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed watching it i'll probably rewatch it again someday because mm-hmm. it's just you know you can just pop it in and have a good time All but right. hats off matthew perry thomas lennon thanks friends uh we're gonna be looking first at one called good omens this is a neil gaiman terry pratchett novel mm-hmm. uh, from the 90s kind of a cult novel it's being adapted uh for streaming and the the plot basically is um an angel and a demon kind of have a secret coalition because they want to prevent Armageddon because they're mm-hmm. pretty happy with the current deals they have. So the angel is played by Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Michael Sheen from uh, Frost Nixon in particularly, but I, he's funny on 30 Rock. Yes, I like him when he's he's funny. Yeah. I think my wife knows him a lot from uh, The Underworld. Oh, okay. Movies. That's right. He's also, yeah. so he's just in some bad vampire he films. Is. Yes, he is. But it's him and David Tennant's playing the demon. Yeah. Um, and I imagine they would have a great chemistry. And Is this Hulu you said? Uh, I think it's Amazon actually. Oh, wow. Um, but John Hamm, this is John Hamm's first regular TV gig. He's playing the Archangel Gabriel, mm. and I, that just sounds amazing to me. So <laughs> does I, it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I it guess... Uh, so I would like to check into this at some uh, point. So I haven't read this. I haven't read it either. Um, 
But I would encourage folks to go back and check out our Neil Gaiman Spotlight episode with Ben Lehman. Yeah, we, we did about that. a lot of Neil Gaiman um, stuff. I'm going to have to read this, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that's what it was about. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go through and get some of these for the library that we don't have. Yeah, I thought, because um, he puts out a lot of um, anthology books. Okay. And I think when I saw this, I connected it with uh, Fragile Things, or mm. whichever one that book is called. And so I think I assumed it was anthology. Well, you uh, you uh, mentioned The Witcher up front. You want to talk a little bit about The Witcher? Uh, the Witcher, yeah, it's supposed to be 2019. I don't think there's an exact date. Mm-hmm. Um Mainly because it's um, Netflix, Netflix, yeah. and they're just sometimes they're just like they do whatever. Witcher's they want. out tomorrow. Yep. Witcher's out now. Witcher's been out for twenty days. Watch it um, with Henry Cavill and a bunch of other roles that are being filled that I don't pay attention to <laughs> too much. Um, and it's going to be based more on the books okay. because it's it's taking place. Uh, so it's a younger Witcher. Okay. So if for fans of the games they're so like, cute when they're that age that's know? true for fans of the games I think they'll be a little like confused because okay. it's not a sequel to the games right it's not a sequel to the books um, so is it like a prequel it's I think is because, Liam Neeson in it well no because the character Siri is in okay. it as a young girl mm-hmm. so I think that means it's kind of somewhere around like the first yeah. book in and, terms and of the, the witcher is always like Siri directions to Arby's yeah and that sort of thing but she's a teenager she's like find she's it yourself like, I don't know where it is what's Arby's yeah <laughs> Um, so it's going to be on Netflix. I don't know if Netflix can make a good looking, like high fantasy show because this does have monsters and stuff. Um, bold. Yeah. I think Netflix has plenty of cash. Yeah, they do, but it doesn't always, they have like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but every now and then I notice that like Netflix has a very like type of lighting mm. like things are never I lit as well as okay. other but anyway maybe this will be really cool uh i hope so okay but yeah henry cavill and his first non-superman yeah uh well, foray since he maybe got yeah, uncast yeah, as superman since, yep. so have you read justin cronin's stuff it seems like it'd be up your alley. I don't know. Is okay. he is he have a show? Yeah, he does. The Passage is coming out based on his uh, post-apocalyptic trilogy. The Passage. Yeah. Uh, Are you familiar with that? Oh, I really thought you would have Yes, read it. I think I am familiar with The Passage. Oh, yeah. This this had a lot of play. Isn't this kind of recent, even? It is. It is. So, uh, so anyway, I'll tell you a little bit about it. A government-created project has turned people into vampire creatures. Agent Brad Wilgas, cast as none other than Zach Morris himself, Mark Paul Gossler, mm-hmm. I don't think he appreciates that, but is on the run with Patient Zero, a young orphan who may be the key to saving humanity. Okay. Do you remember when this came out? It got a lot of it got a lot of comparisons to like Cormac McCarthy on the road and all that. Oh, I don't remember when it came out, okay. but I what's the sequel? I, yeah, no, I can't right. remember. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a, uh, just a network show. It's going to be on, on Fox. Fox yeah. yeah. Oh well, so might last for a season. It might. It might. <laughs> uh, do you want to take one? A uh, little tiny one. A discovery of witches. Mm. No, you sent me the picture I, of this I'm, article. It's very tiny. I'm not familiar. Well, you can blow it up. After finding an enchanted manuscript, Yale professor, reluctant witch Diana Bishop, starts an alliance uh, for and forbidden fling. Look out. With a biochemist vampire. Their task, solve the book's hidden mysteries. Based on Deborah Harkness's All Soul series, mm-hmm. which has done pretty good numbers. Yeah. The books, a lot of, uh, it's a lot already, of TV covers out there now. Yeah. It's already so. set for uh, to have three seasons like before it even airs. Wow. Where is this happening? Pretty big deal. This is Sundance. No, but Sundance what? Sundance Now slash Shudder are the streaming places where you can get it. 
Oh, okay. Uh, in a in a nonfiction adaptation here, you don't see those too often. Uh, Saturday Night Live's A.D. Bryant's going to be in the six-part take on Lindy West's memoir, Shrill, Notes from a Loud Woman. Can okay. Annie break from people's first impressions to become a successful journalist? I'm a big fan of A.D. Bryant. It seems like she would be good in that kind of show. Yeah. Have you read Catch-22? I haven't. I haven't mean to for my whole life. We should do it. We should do it this year. Uh, Hulu's going to be adapting that. Joseph Heller's darkly comic anti-war classic becomes a six-episode miniseries. Uh, with Christopher Abbott, Hugh Laurie, and George Clooney, who is uh, executive producing and directing as well. So uh, pretty high profile there. Yeah, I wonder who's playing like the lead, because I think he's supposed to be a bit um, wacky. Christopher Abbott. It's not a name that I recognize. Okay. Uh, I'm always a fan of Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie actually was one of the highlights of the uh, Watson and Holmes movie. He shows up as, as, uh, as Mycroft. Mycroft. Yeah, which okay. is pretty cool, because House... The Hugh Laurie show is always, you know, it's a, it's a very loose adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. So it's kind of yeah. cool to see him pop up. And he was great as Mycroft in that. But anyway, he's going to be in Catch-22 along with uh, George Clooney. Okay. And Kyle Chandler, who I love. Hmm. Uh, you got one you want to talk about? Uh, I was looking up to see if Wild Cards was coming out this year. George R.R. R. Martin. The thing. George R.R. R. Martin thing. Because Hulu is doing that as well. Okay. Uh, let's see. Pretty Little Liars. The Perfectionist. Oh, uh, yeah. YA series. Producer reunites with uh, author Sarah Shepard for more student secrets and murder, plus two familiar Rosewood faces. So, I don't I know never anything watched, about I the never Perfectionist. Watched Pretty Little Liars. I watched The Lion Game when that was out for a while. But... I think those are different. What? Aren't they different? What do you mean? Are they I different I think they're things? both Sarah Shepard novels. Oh, are they? They're not connected. Right. But well, I both... didn't realize The Perfectionist was... Um, was related. Connected? Yeah, it's Pretty Little Liars lasted for a oh, long yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Um, so much so that they became pretty adult liars. Mm. Uh, I apologize for that. No, I But yeah, so I the perfectionist. It doesn't say anything on this article. I assume it's coming to... Oh, there it is. Freeform. Freeform, yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> that's... Um, you want to each maybe do one more? Right. The one that I was interested in is called The Rook. And that's, that's, that's going to be on stars. Um, so, uh, a woman wakes up with no memories, several supernatural powers, and freaky foes on her tail. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's a London-based spy who must get her memories back and fast. In this take on Daniel O'Malley's debut novel. I don't recall this book coming out. Okay. Do you? Do you remember no. the book? Okay. No. We'll have to check. And I don't recognize the one I'm about to say either. Oh, okay. Uh... Amistad Maupin's Tales of the City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't remember Tales of the City, but I know Amistad Maupin. Uh, all right. It's back to 28 Barbary Lane for Mary A. Singleton, Ozark's Laura Linney, who returns to... I mean, she's other stuff. Uh, I would say Frazier's Laura Linney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, who returns to family and friends, Francisco after decades away, based on stories of Maupin's acclaimed nine-book series. Okay. Oh, but... Do you want to tackle the Joe Hill one? Yeah, sure. So Joe Hill, uh, who's who's been in the news quite a lot lately with his, his short story collection, his graphic novel, uh, all of that's been doing really well. This is an adaptation of uh, his no- Nosferatu, um, which spelled out like a license plate, N-O-S-4-A-2. Oh! Uh, ah, I never put that together. Oh. This is an adaptation that AMC is doing, starring Zachary Quinto, the erstwhile Mr. Spock. Which all the news points to no Star Trek Four. Star by the Trek way. Four being shelved. It really it looks like the director who they hired has moved on to the uh, George R. R. Martin prequel to Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, so she's got like her gig signed up, and it looks like pretty much Star Trek Four is shuttered, which makes me very sad. But anyway, Zachary Quinto is going to star in this um, 
uh, Joe Hill adaptation where he plays a savage immortal abductor who feeds off the souls of kids and dumps the remains in the strange Christmas land. Yeah. So, not my cup of tea. Not something that I plan to watch. Yeah. But the book got a lot of play and, you know. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, again, a lot of this we're pulling from a TV Guide article yeah. by Emily Aslanian. So, thanks, yeah. Emily. And I don't Enjoy know the when the... Uh, I don't know when the... Game of Thrones prequel series yeah, I don't is think set. set. Probably not this year. No, I would. They wait a long time, so that would probably be something more like um, twenty twenty yeah. when it starts. Um, yeah. So I don't know which ones are you excited for. The bad omens. I, I want to watch Rook. Uh-huh. I would want to watch um, Bad Omens. Uh, the the Fox one about the the post apocalyptic. The one with Mark Paul Gossler. The Passage. Yeah, the Passage. Okay. The Justin Cronin thing. Yeah, I always wanted to read that book and I never got around to it. So that one sounds pretty interesting to okay. me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in for all that. For library yeah. news, we've got a concert. Uh, Rachel Bell and Company is or actually it's Eloise and Co. is what it's called. Is I have a coming. Eloise. You do. January tenth. Uh, Roger Pettengill's coming. We've got a big ballet. Uh, well, a, a dance a dance performance from uh, Taylor Two, which is a, a pretty big dance company mm-hmm. coming here. A uh, pretty big deal for that. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to all that. The book club, of course, reading Leanne Moriarty books. Woo. Uh, first up, What Alice Forgot, then moving on to The Husband's Secret. So I hope you can join us for that. And we got one starting in March. Yep. Eric and I are going to be doing a sci-fi book club. Woo. First up is uh, Isaac Asimov with First of the Robot books, Cave of the yeah. Clan. No, not Cave of the Clan Bear. That's genial. What's it, what's it called? <laughs> Caves of Steel. Caves of Steel, yeah. We're not I mean, you be... can read Caves yeah, of we the could do. Clan Bear. Yeah, why not? Want. Why not? Anyway, so we got all that coming up. Anything else you want to add in there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's coming out today, so uh, but Teen Night is back every Wednesday. Great. Uh, at 5.30. Uh, our first movie of the after school movie of the year is the 11th on Friday um, or Friday the 11th at 3 yeah. 30 we're showing Axel yes I don't know if you're supposed to say it like Axel I think you have to yeah uh, that's a dot x dot l yeah it's a robot dog sometimes he forms a ramp so you can ride your dirt bike up him okay and do some tricks all right other times he's a dog yeah so our last movie we showed for after school was alpha which yeah. is like the first boy and his dog yeah and now we're showing like the future oh dog. nice so, a little serious yeah well that reminds me my first senior matinee of the year is going to mm-hmm. be on tuesday the 20th and we're going to watch more american graffiti the sequel <laughs> yeah. to american graffiti yeah which i love american graffiti so i'm excited about mm-hmm. the sequel it's really the last time ron howard like played a named role outside of like well showing up on the odd couple and when gary marshall died yeah. Yeah, but he so. plays himself in that. Oh. And the narrator, of course. But yeah. Anyway, we're showing more American Graffiti. Yeah. So hope you That's how you narrate an te- episode. Exactly. Yeah. So um, next week we're going to be talking with Kendra Mickles about Leanne Moriarty. Yeah. So tune in for that. And Join then, us for the podcast. Uh, and then we'll be covering 2019 books. Yep. And 2019 movies. Yeah. Because we did TV shows. Um, also, at the end of the month, Nick and I are going to... Uh, Seattle, yeah, for the for ALA, the ALA Midwinter Conference. We're going to so. be there for the Youth Media Awards. We'll yeah. be able to cover that right there. Yeah, what day is that? Pretty you exciting. Mm, I don't remember what day that is, but All it right. is late January. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Eric's dogs for clumping around while we talk. Yeah, and now they're quiet. Now that we're thanks ending, to now Eric's to kitchen for hosting us. And yeah. we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye.